So welcome everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of The Mortgage Calculator and what we do here on our sales training every weekday at 12 p.m. Eastern is go through the front end of doing mortgages, more so talking to leads uh, and actually creating the deals. Uh, and then we have a ton of trainings already that we do on the back end, but this is a little bit more of the front end here. Now, Earlier this week on Monday, we talked about identifying problems, a lot of the different problems that are pretty common to pop up in the loan process for a loan officer to solve. Uh, yesterday, we did identifying you know, solutions to those problems. And today, we're going to be talking about the process of actually solving these problems so that we can actually close a loan right? Now, this is the actual uh, end of the process here. We've identified problems throughout the process. We've found solutions to those problems, potential solutions, I guess I should say. And now we're talking about actually solving those problems. Now, my first slide here, to solve problems, we need to consult our borrowers, right? So my first bullet point here is consulting your borrower. We need to make sure that our borrower knows what is needed to close the loan. We need to make sure that they understand what is going to be expected from them. And we're going to do that after looking out for problems and issues, finding potential solutions to those problems or issues, and then consulting the borrower on those problems or issues and the potential solutions that we have for those and make sure that it makes sense to them whichever route we're going to go to solve the problem, right? So we're going to be consulting our borrower obviously throughout the process, but don't just think because you found a potential solution that that is what you and the client both are going to decide to do. It might be easy for you, you might say, oh, great, I got an easy solution to this, right? Well, that might not be what the borrower wants to do. It's our job as the consultant to explain these problems and issues to the client. Why do they exist? Why are they a problem for us to be able to close this loan and accomplish your goals? What are the potential solutions and what are the upsides and the downsides of those potential solutions? So, are consulting our borrowers don't stop at any point, right? It's going to continue throughout the entire loan process. Also, when we can, we are consulting our borrower, we don't just want to solve problems and issues here on this loan. We want to know what our clients' long-term goals are or any issues they have in the long term, right? Are we doing this loan to set up another loan? A lot of the times if we're doing a cash out or a HELOC, it's to do something with the money, right? What are they actually looking to do? What is their long-term goal, right? We want to make sure we know that. We don't just want to get through this one deal and say, oh, well, you know, we got that done, right? We want to consult our borrower and say, what is it that you're looking to do in the long term? Even if it's not a cash out, maybe in the long term, they say, yeah, after a few years, I think I will want to do a cash out if my equity has risen. And at that point, I'd like to buy a rental property or 
buy a bigger home or whatever it is. So we want to be there consulting our borrower through this process and making sure that what we do on this loan is going to be able to translate into their long-term goals for any other goals or loans that they're going to need in the future. So that's all part of consulting the borrower too. We're not just consulting them on what we need to close this deal. We're consulting them on what they're looking to do and any other deals they might be looking to close in the future. We want to get that all lined up there. So the other thing here is consulting third parties. This is something we're going to have to do throughout the process of the loan to solve these problems that have came up, right? Now, you know, more experienced loan officers, you all know that this is all day, every day, things happening, people talking to each other. There's a lot of moving pieces going on with this one deal. We are not the only one involved in this loan, us and the borrower, right? There's plenty of moving pieces to it. Those of you that are experienced know all this. Those of you who may be less experienced may not know the extent to where we're going to not only be consulting our borrower about what they need to do, but also consulting third parties on what they need to do or getting them what they need. Or a lot of the times it's just about communicating to all of these different parties. But the realtor involved in the transaction, the borrower's realtor, a lot of realtors, you could be dealing with a brand new realtor that has no idea how any of this works. We need to consult that realtor and make sure that they know what's going to be expected of them, right? And, you know, there's a lot of things that they may need to be involved in. They may need, there may be no choice. They may need to get the seller to have some seller concession of some kind to make the numbers work. They also need to be consulted through the financing contingency deadlines, right? Everybody needs to be on the same page of when that financing contingency is up. So also when you're talking to your borrower and their realtor, you want to make sure that they put the correct amount of time in the contract. Remember, that's in the real estate contract. We don't have any control over that. The realtor is going to put in the contract the amount of days for the financing contingency. That's something we should talk about up front. We're going to need to solve that problem up front and say, hey, you only put 10 days for a financing contingency. That's probably not going to work. You're going to put the borrower in the position where they may lose their deposit if we're not careful, right? Most realtors don't even think about that, right? Especially a new realtor. They might not even understand what it means or know it exists. So especially if you're dealing with a newbie realtor, which a lot of times you may be because you know everybody knows a realtor, right? Their, their cousin or their friend or whatever. They may not do any real estate deals, but they give them that business anyways. And now you're dealing with someone who has no idea what's going on. So we need to consult the realtor. Also, an accountant. Let's say we're doing some kind of PL loan or some kind of business loan where we're going to need, you know, PLs or letters from accountants, from tax preparers. There's a lot of different loans that are going to require that. Now, we're not going to consult the accountant as in like tell them how to do their job, 
but we're going to consult them on what we need in the format that we need it in. You can't just tell a borrower, get me a P&L. We have to really tell them exactly what they need. And we need to consult with the accountant to let them know, look, I need this, this, and this. This is how we're going to need it in this format. I'm going to need all of these pages. I'm going to need, you know, your, it's going to need to be on your letterhead. It's going to need to be signed by you. I mean, we're going to have to search the guidelines to make sure that we know exactly what we need from that accountant so that the accountant knows exactly what we're expecting. And that way we're on the same page. We're not going back and forth with all of these other parties. Also title, you're going to see emails going around with title. You're going to have to coordinate this with title as well, right? There's no way around it. Some people think the ball is just going to be picked up. I mean, there's things that go back and forth. There's problems, there's issues. So we're going to need to be in the loop. Don't just see those emails going around from title, trying to figure things out and not chime in, right? This is again, where you're going to need to consult your borrower on it and let them know. Also, you should be consulting one in the, you know, process as far as the closing date, you know, and, and how we're going to close. Is it going to be a mobile notary? Every once in a while could be an online notary. Not many accept that, but sometimes they do. Um, and so that's something that you need to consult and help coordinate. And also underwriting, right? Finding out exactly what underwriting is wanting and consulting with them on what exactly you're going to need and what they're going to need from your borrower. The quicker you get clarity on exactly what they need, the quicker the loan is going to close, the quicker they're going to get that to you. So the underwriter is definitely going to have certain requirements. And, you know, one of the things that Jose says is that you never piecemeal conditions to an underwriter, right? You want to give them all the conditions at one time. However, the only exception to that would be something that you need clarity on, something like an accountant letter that you received and you're going to upload it to them to, to specifically see with the underwriter if that is going to be acceptable, right? All the other documents, all the other conditions that are standard, those should all go at one time. We don't want to piecemeal conditions to underwriters that's going to get us on our their bad side and you know all that kind of stuff but if there's something you have a question about something very specific to the guidelines like that that you want to make sure gets cleared because what you don't want is to wait to submit that with all the rest of the documents now you've waited a week to submit it and then it gets kicked back because it's not exactly what they need Right. So that's the one exception there to trying to make sure you don't piecemeal everything to them. You want to get them as much as you can all at one time. But the exception to that would be, uh, you know, consulting with the underwriter saying, hey, is this what you would need to fulfill this condition? Is the document correct? Is this going to be cleared? Is this going to clear that condition? Right. And then another third party that we have to consult with, unfortunately, is HOA organizations, right? Condo associations, ways, all of that kind of stuff. That's a huge part of doing a loan that's in some type of HOA, you know, situation, right? People don't, loan officers don't often think enough about that, but this is huge. I mean, you need to get 
all of the information from the condo association or the HOA. You need to get the condo association questionnaire filled out. That's not always free. It's not always fast. Um, you're going to need to disclose any amounts that it's going to cost for that, which most condos, most HOAs charge a fee for them to fill out a full condo questionnaire. Some of them may say it takes two weeks to fill out that condo questionnaire. We're going to need to talk to them. We're going to need to pick up the phone, send the emails, line this all up, know what's going on, know what the cost is going to be so we can disclose it to the client, know what the timeline is of getting it. And what's going to happen is once we get that condo questionnaire, there's going to be a whole other box of problems that may be opened up, right? And we're going to need to solve those problems at that point. So it's not, we're not just talking to our borrower here. All And again, more experienced loan officers know that this is how it happens in reality. We're going to have to consult with the realtor. We're going to have to consult with any third parties that are required for the transaction. We're going to need to, you know, Keep make sure we're in the loop with title and closing and all that and make sure we're consulting our borrower through that process. We're going to need to make sure that we are consulting with underwriters if we need clarity on something, but ahead of time, early and upfront. And then we're going to unfortunately have to consult with the HOAs. And that can be the hardest part of some of your deals. It can kill deals. That is the deal killer, right? Is HOAs. Is it even able to be financed? Because once you get that questionnaire back, who knows what it's going to say? There are all types of reasons why that condo may not be financeable, especially with some kind of standard program, if the HOA questionnaire comes back with a, a, a ton of issues that could occur when you get that HOA info back. And so we need to make sure that we understand that. And again, this is timing right? HOA, get it done early so that when those problems come back, you can shift, you can pivot. Also, make sure to consult with the borrower. Understand, look, this is an HOA. There may be issues that come up because HOAs are not always, you know, all, I guess, on the up and up as much as they would need to be to finance a property in there. And they may have a delay and there's going to be a cost to it which I'm going to disclose on the LE, right? So um, your borrower should know that all the way through as well. And you as a loan officer, if you haven't worked with an HOA before, you're going to see uh, what it's like and it's not easy. Okay, so now let's talking about when the problems are solved or when we're solving problems. Now we're going to go like to after closing, right? I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, setting up the next loan. What is their actual long-term goal. We're not just setting up this loan. We're setting up the next loan or the next goal. We're also consulting with them about like PMI, for example. When can they take off the PMI and how do they do so? When do they have to stop? They don't have to pay MI anymore. And how do they actually uh, trigger that, right? There's there's clear instructions on how to do that for every different program and every different lender. And so you need to make sure your borrower understands that, hey, after four years, you will be low enough on LTV to take off the PMI. So remember, this is how you would do it. And of course, you would set a reminder for yourself. Hopefully, you're going to speak to them plenty of times between now and 
four years from now when they can get their PMI off. But that's a perfect reminder to set for yourself to where if you haven't spoken to them at all during that whole time, that's at least what should trigger the uh, you know conversation again in a serious manner of you check and imagine how much they're going to love that you're checking in on them. Hey, I know that it's time to that we can take off your PMI. How would you like to lower your monthly mortgage payment? Let me walk you through the process of how to do that, right? Or talking to them about lower rates. What's going to happen when the rates get lower? Let's make a plan here. Is your rate high to where when rates go down, you know, let's plan for next year to revisit, right? Also, keep in mind, I didn't put it here on the slide, but keep in mind another part of consulting your borrower on this process is making sure they understand that they can't sell or refinance within the next six months to a year, right? For one, they're not supposed to. And for two, you're not supposed to let them. And well, I guess you can't stop them from doing it, but you're supposed to consult them to not do so. And remember, if they do, if they have a default within the first six months, or if they pay it off early in the first six months, meaning they sell it or refinance it, then your commission gets taken back, right? All of our money, all of our commission gets taken back. So that's another part of consulting with the borrower and making sure they understand, okay, look, we need to be here for a year six months to a year. But at that point, we can start talking about refinancing if there's lower rates, right? And then, you know, looking for new deals. If this is an investor, I'm really talking about an investor now, new deals, right? Especially if it's like a fix and flip a client, you know, hey, keep your eye out. We talked about this on one of the previous trainings as far as Yeah, we did a fix and flip sales training and it's one of those products where you can kind of help like, you know, I guess spur the actual transaction by talking to them about any good deals that you see, right? That's what they're on the lookout for. Are there, is there any deal that I could finance it, fix it, flip it and make some money on it? So that's another thing when you're dealing with investors, if you have a fix and flip client, keep your eye open in the market. You know, send them a deal and say, you know, hey, there's no co-signing here, but hey, I saw this deal, thought maybe it would be something good. I believe I could probably get a finance for you. You know, would you be interested in doing this deal? So that's another thing that we can talk to them about after the closing, uh, follow up with them. And again, a lot of these are just using an excuse to talk to them again, you know, and to hopefully get some more business going. And then the last thing I have here is referrals, of course. This is after you've solved their problem, right? We've closed the loan. You've solved their main problem, their main goal. And you've probably had a lot of trials and tribulations all the way through, especially if it's like a loan with an HOA and stuff like that. So we're not trying to, you know, guilt them, but we can say, I'm glad I was able to solve your problem. I know we had a lot of issues during the process, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to work with you through the issues, walk you through the process. It was great to work with you. I would love if you could refer me to anyone else, right? And again, we did a whole training on asking for referrals. You got to ask, can't just let it go by. And my key here with this training is that you ask for the referral once you've solved the problems, right? 
That's when you ask for the referral, when they're grateful, when they're appreciative, when you just accomplished their goal, when you just solved all of their problems to get this deal across the finish line. That's where the goodwill is. And you need to capitalize on it and make sure to ask them for referrals and, you know, just make sure that there's that reciprocity there. I just helped you. I went above and beyond to help you. I'm not, we're not making you feel bad about that. Like you owe me something. But I would really appreciate it. I know because I went above and beyond for you. I would really appreciate it if you could refer me anyone that you know that's looking for any type of mortgage product, refinance, purchase, anything, and I could go above and beyond to help them as well. And then remember at the Mortgage Calculator, we always send your client a closing gift. So once they close, those of you who have closed loans already know this, your client gets an email with a link to put in some of their info. And then what it does is it customizes a gift package for them based on the you know questions that they asked and essentially, uh, excuse me, questions that they answered. And essentially it's going to send them a closing gift, you know, things like a, I don't know, a cutting board and, and something else, or uh, like a, a mini speaker and a cool water bottle thing, like, you know, small gifts. But again, you know, it comes in a box from the mortgage calculator, uh, you know, and so it's a great thing to also capitalize on and ask for referrals as well. Reach out and ask if they received the gift. If they receive the gift, a lot of the times they're going to reach out to you. And again, use that as an opportunity when they reach out to you and say, hey, I got this gift. You know, thank you. That's awesome. You say, great. I had a great time working with you. And I would really appreciate Anybody that you know to send them my way, I would love to work with anybody that you could refer me to. So again, capitalize on that goodwill, capitalize on that reciprocity. You just solved all their problems and then you went above and beyond and sent them a closing gift. So you got that goodwill going and you know that's when you want to make sure you capitalize on asking for referrals. Okay, that is it here, but I do see a question in the chat what's good suggestion for financing contingency? That's really going to depend on the type of deal that you're doing and the type of contract that you're entering into um, with the seller. I would say that typically, you know, 20 days is typically going to be a good financing contingency on a, a regular, you know, primary home purchase. But, you know, again, it's going to vary depending on what the seller wants and what they accept in the contract, right? That's that's a box that's going to be checked in the contract. Um, the real estate sales contract is what I'm talking about, right? Which doesn't really have much to do with us. So it's going to be something that essentially the realtors are going to decide when they're deciding who's accepting the contract under what terms. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you so much. Where We don't have a sales training here tomorrow, which is Thanksgiving, and we don't have a sales training on Friday but we will be back here on Monday. So I'll see you all Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern for the next episode of the Loan Officer Sales Training with the Mortgage Calculator. Have a great holiday weekend, everyone.